and welcome to this week's episode of Even Flamingos Lose Their Pink. Um, I may be slightly distracted this week because I have a live studio audience in the form of Bruce in the corner, so you may or may not hear him chirping in as and when he feels like in a bit. So, hello, hope you've been alright. This week, um, not been up to loads because the baby has been poorly. Like, it's it's horrible. It's, we've not slept. Bless him, Bruce attempted to sleep in the car last night because um, it was the only way to keep him quiet. He just kept driving around the block. Um, at the weekend, we went to Martin May, which I have nicknamed Manly May, but it wasn't Manly, it was more Martins. And they have flamingos there. So I got to actually see flamingos straight up in person. Like, they walked over to us. And they started doing their flamingo dance, which was quite good to watch. So if you go into the social media, you'll see several pictures of flamingos doing their little flamingo dance, which leads me on to this week's fact of the week. So when you see a flamingo stood on its one leg and you see it's like bending, what you see bending isn't its knee. That's its ankle. Its knee is further up in its body hidden. So... I couldn't figure that out myself, I had to try and picture it, but if you picture the flamingo as it stood on its tiptoes, so the bit you see bending is its ankle, and then you can't see its knee. So they don't, yeah, the knees don't bend backwards, they bend like our knees. So this week we're going to do a topic about getting pink back. So the one one of the things for me that I actually do enjoy doing when I finally get around, so if you can hear Fortnite in the background, I don't know if you can or not, that's him playing Fortnite. Um, so one of the things I enjoy doing for myself um, is exercise. Now, a lot of people don't like exercise and they hate it. They can't stand it. However, it does actually officially, research has proved, makes you feel better. So... Um, Here's one. Aerobic exercises, including jogging, swimming, cycling, walking, gardening and dancing, have been proved to reduce anxiety and depression. And I did see um, a meme, actually, that said about before you go out the house, you'd always do a little weird dance because it makes you feel a bit better. So if you translate that back into there, if you've got your heart rate up and you've moved and you've done a bit of free flow random dancing like no one's looking, that'd be why you start getting that little endorphin boost. So um, they say that the reasons this happens is because the blood is moving around your body and it increases circulation to the brain. And actually that has an influence on the hypothalic pituitary adrenal axis. So that's basically the bit that makes you happy or not and gives you your happy hormones and actually helps you reduce stress with that blood roof going around in your head. So the thing is, we all know exercise works really well for us. There's loads of research behind it, but it's more about finding the reasons why you don't do exercise, even though we know it should. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons Bruce is in the room with me, I mean, there's a few, the fact that I had a massive meltdown before because I didn't want to be on my own and I wanted to spend time with him. So he's currently body doubling with me while I do this um, podcast. But Bruce has, he's done exercise forever. So he played rugby from when he was seven, Eight? How old were you? Six. Six. So he's played rugby since he was six um, and trained twice a week and played once a week when you were amateur. Yeah? Yeah. And then when he became professional, it was training five nights a week with one game a week. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. So he exercise runs through Bruce like it's just him eating breakfast or cereal he always has to do something and he he knows himself that for his mental health as well not only his physical because he's getting a bit old now 
but his physical and his mental health, he needs to go and do exercise. I know myself, if I don't get to do some form of exercise, I feel horrendous and I really feel quite anxious. But at the minute, for me, having the baby and, well, if you go back to when I broke my foot, ah, no, we'll go back further than that. I've always done exercise when I felt anxious. I've always gone for a run or done something, but didn't realise that doing that bit of activity helped relieve the stress. So before I met Bruce and had a life, my life was the gym. So it was dead easy. I went to work, I went to the gym, I came home. Or I went to the gym, I went to work and I came home. That's all I did. That's it. There wasn't anything else in between any of that. So it was dead simple to just go to the gym and just take myself wherever I wanted to, go for a walk with the dogs. But then when you actually get a life and have things to do and people you want to spend time with and do things with them, when you then have to try and find an hour in your day, because that's all, you to go to the gym for me would be an hour and a half round trip for a proper, for a proper sesh would be an hour and a half. It, for some reason, I can't find that time, but I can doom scroll for an hour and a half on TikTok or whatever social media that I'm on. So I end up kind of going, oh, I'm too tired now. I don't want to do that. But then knock on effect of that is my mental health is rubbish and it makes me really anxious and it makes, well, I end up being anxious because I've got this extra energy inside me that I need to burn off. So the one thing I started doing, so when I broke my foot, Last year and I couldn't do anything. I realised how unfit I'd become because I couldn't even walk. We live in Billinge and it's basically a hill. Wherever you go, you're going up or you're going down. There's no flat level land. So wherever you go, I realised actually walking the boys back and through from school when I could finally walk. Oh, that was, it was horrendous. I mean, I was pregnant, so I was doubly not great, but I used, I could do it. I used to be able to do it and it was so difficult then going to the gym and lifting weights, it just became all too difficult. And I think because I'd lost my confidence as well in myself, because I could do it and I knew I could do it and now I can't do it. It's horrible. Like I played hockey, I used to train, train once a week, play once a week. And it you know, wasn't the best, but enjoyed it. But actually I went back, what did I go about? Back about two or three months ago. I, I, I was on my ass, absolutely on my ass. I had a migraine and couldn't see. I could, I lost my vision halfway through the game, and I remember thinking, oh, I don't think I can see. Uh, I'm just going to carry on and see how we get on. And I got off the pitch and I went to Bruce. Yeah, can't see migraine, and that was me done for the day. I was gone. I was useless, and I think that level of kind of disruption for the two hours of actual fun when I'm running around, I, I couldn't. <clears throat> didn't weigh out properly in my head but the thing is when I actually get to go to the gym and do exercise all those quotes that are um you know medically backed that are in research it's true you don't have there's just something lovely about chucking some heavy weights around the gym because you do feel good like and I've said before in one of the podcasts that when I go to the gym I, I never go to go and be thin I mean I like thigh gap was never in my future ever <laughs> it was never it was thigh gap is not something I'll ever achieve is it Bruce <laughs> Definitely and also though if you got a thigh gap you thought you I'll drop my phone enough as it is so if it falls through my legs at least my, my thighs catch it or you know the food catches it when it lands on my lap so I can eat it 
So it's about going and being strong and just feeling good about myself. And then there's the other thing that actually that exercise has been proved to. So it it not only helps reduce your anxiety and depression, but it helps your self-esteem because you feel better about yourself because you've been exercising. And it also um, helps with social withdrawal because you're actually getting out and going to the gym. You may not interact with anyone, even if so. I keep saying the gym because I've got the gym, but you've got there's so many other things that you can do. So the one thing I've been consistently doing, and I really do notice that if I don't do it, is going for a walk because walking's free. Now, I'm aware not everybody can walk. I know everyone has different levels of ability. <clears throat> But even just physically being outside in the fresh air instead of being sat in your house all day has been proven to have massive benefits on your mental health. So if all you can do is get outside and go up and down your drive for a little bit or go outside to your bin and back again, whatever that looks like, you've got outside and done it. And that's the first start of it. And it's the first step to do there. So... There is a fine line when it comes to exercise because what you need to be careful of is that it doesn't end up being an unhealthy habit. And I have previously didn't realise it was unhealthy. You know, when you go in the gym twice a day and you're on, you're not really eating because of your anxiety. You don't really think it's a problem because you're like, ah, I'm going to the gym, I'm dead healthy, I'm dead fit. And I must admit, I look at photos and I look, I've got guns, I look really lean. I do look good. I mean, I look a bit like a lollipop. Um, with muscles but I do look good but I wasn't at all mentally well I physically was in like the best shape of my life but mentally uh, checked out gone horrible rubbish it was it was awful so I didn't realize until I was sort of seeing my counselor that I knew that when I went to do exercise and looked at my food when my world was going a bit to pot and my anxiety wasn't great or I was suffering with a bout of depression the only thing I felt I could control was my exercise and my eating. So I did. And I did that down to like the calorie, the nth degree. And I just, I used to go to the gym before work. So I used to say, I used to say, I need to go to the gym before work. I was a lot more tolerable of things around me if I'd been in the gym in the morning. And um, I mean, the same goes with even now when I'm, you know, not in work, I'm a lot more um, I, I think I'm more tolerable when I've been exercising, Bruce. Um. <laughs> He's failing to comment. I think I feel better because I've probably got more headspace because I've had that hour by myself, but um, I'm worse when I'm, I've not done it. So there is that bit of fine line about how you go about doing exercise. And I found that I was just, because it was, I was doing it for doing its sake. I lost so much love for doing it and I I wanted to change it up. And I I think that's the thing. When you're doing something like this, and I'd say this, but when you're doing exercise, when you're doing anything, you know, recording a podcast, if you want to lose weight, if you want to become fit, if you want to get good at a skill, consistency is key. There's <laughs> a duck. I don't know. 
So consistency is key in everything that you do. And if you're not consistent, you need to figure out why you're not being consistent. So for me, going to the gym was just a thing to do. I got to a point where I wasn't enjoying it. I was just existing. It was I was going because I had to and it felt like a chore to go. You know, going five days a week, doing the same load of exercises. I'm going to do this deadlift. I'm going to do a squat. I'm going to go on this rack and do that. And blah, blah, blah. It just became very samey, samey. And I, I, it was it was... I was bored shitless. (laughs) I couldn't couldn't even find a playlist to motivate myself. And there's a reason, that's why you then don't go because I don't enjoy it. You have to be, you have to be consistent, but you have to enjoy it to be consistent. You've got to want to do it. And I just, I didn't want to do it. It was, I just could not be bothered. So I did change up and I started doing um, bodybuilding. I got a coach and I started doing bodybuilding. And now that was good. But again, that is I didn't realise how repetitive it would be. You know, like you have to do the same load of exercises for like six to eight weeks and they don't change to build that muscle because you've got to build that muscle group. And there is only so many squats you can do on a weekly basis before you get bored. Well, for me, there is anyway. So you just end up, I end up losing the will to live. And I have spoken to people who would you believe this don't like exercise they hate it they can't stand it they do it and every single second of them doing it they hate it but they do it because the after effect is they feel a lot better and they know it's physically and mentally improves them but every single second of them hates it and I must admit I think that takes more that takes more, I don't know, determination to do. If you hate doing something and consistently hate doing something, but yet you still do it, that is, that's a true test of character because I would, I'm not for that life. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm not, if I hate it, I'm not doing it. I might, I mean, I have to do certain things. There are tasks that I have to do, you know, like washing up, washing up cleaning, doing stuff like that, that I have to do because that's general adulting. But if, if it's a choice, like an extra like an extracurricular activity that I do not enjoy. I, I just don't do it, but I understand why people do because of the benefits of it. Are so obvious, aren't they? You know, if you if you're feeling overweight or you're feeling um, like you want to be stronger, the only thing to do, well, you can diet, but that's boring too. Into who don't want to eat anything? <laughs> who doesn't want to eat? Um, but you can go and do exercise then, and you can go and do that and that. You have that one, it's not a vicious circle, it ends up being quite a positive circle because you do exercise, feel good, you feel healthy, you start losing weight and you go in that circle instead of not going, not doing, getting more overweight and then feeling rubbish because you're in all of that circle. So it's a, yeah, I can understand why people do it, but I, it's not something, I well, I stopped. I stopped doing it because I didn't like it. I got bored. I actually started going with... Um, Bruce, when we first started seeing each other, we used to go gym buddy, didn't I, with you, Bruce? The only thing is, Bruce could squat me plus more, and I can't squat that much. (laughs) So there are a couple of times where me and Bruce have been in the gym, and Bruce has acted like my PT, and I may or may not have had a slight paddy and cried, (laughs) because I didn't want to do it, and I didn't think I could do it. And he was being encouraging and telling me that I could. And then there was a bit of a debate about whether I could or I couldn't. And I did it, but I still had a paddy because I didn't want to do it. And he made me do it, but I did it. And it was, yeah. So he's like, you know, it made me want to go to the gym again because I had someone to go with. But then, you, you know, 
break your foot, get pregnant, baby turn up. We now can't go to the gym together, so I have to find... I have to find a new way of doing it. And Bruce probably quite likes going to the gym by himself because he hasn't got me following him around or the children or a dog or anything like that. And he gets a bit of an hour to himself. And he, and he does it, he's consistent with it. And we've been talking about it recently about how we want to change up what we do. Because um, again, he's been lifting weights since he was allowed to go into a gym. And it was a proper sweatbox gym, wasn't it? You said it was one of them old, you know, like, old iron bar gym type things where all the men are in muscle shirts and it's a bit sweaty wall type gym um so he's been going doing it's like a labor club with weights in (laughs) basically (laughs) so it's like one of them but you you know i've only ever been in nice gyms if you can call pure fitness nice yeah so Bruce has been doing the same thing since he was, what, 14, 15? Yeah. The same routine, the same thing. And it works for him because he likes it. He likes consistency. He likes doing that. But since his knee um, and since having that operation, he's not been able to. So And he's struggled to get back in the swing of things because you, you end up, when you've got an injury like that or like the one I had, the other side just wants to give up on you of your body so he's now got the issue that his other knee is now behaving like a 40 year old knee like I have on the other side of my leg that it behaves like a a 38 am I 38 am I 38 38 year old knee so we have both started looking at using kettlebells for more functional workouts and actually I'm enjoying that so I've been following a girl called Esther, I'm not stalking, obviously, social media, called Esther Burden. She has started doing, um, she does a lot of workouts with kettlebells and dumbbells and more sort of functional movement. And it's different ranges of movements that I've never done before, things that I've never tried. And the good thing about using kettlebells and dumbbells is not only are they really good for you because they work your muscles in a different way, they're always free. <laughs> There's no there's no queue for the squat rack on a Friday afternoon when everyone wants to do leg day. Actually, Friday's arm day, isn't it, Bruce? It is, yeah. Friday Friday's arm day before everyone goes out. In, in Wigan, Friday's arm day. Um, so you, there's no queuing for like anything because everyone's on cords. They're on the, the machines with cables and things. But if you're using kettlebells and dumbbells, they don't tend to be. So I've, I've been enjoying that. And you've been looking into kettlebells too, haven't you, for yourself? And yeah. there's some guys that you've been following but you've noticed a trend with the guys haven't you they're either all topless or wearing or wearing no shoes so i might have that to look forward to one day coming home and finding bruce no shoes just in his shorts topless doing kettlebell exercises outside if he gets proper with it not quite the same uh, <laughs> physique. well you will have you have you're a bit you're all right bruce you've only got one bicep but you know you're all right the um we've actually just had a bit of a chat in between sort of putting a pause that about why like for me I haven't done it because I've been making I have been making excuses and it's been difficult it's been really hard and because it's hard to go back to do something that you used to be all right at it becomes harder because you make it this big thing that you're putting off and actually oh there was something that I saw the other day about um the example that they gave about people doing coursework and things actually oh it was procrastination it was a ted talk i got sent actually it was procrastination so procrastination is always worse 
the more you do it. But actually, when you do the thing that you're procrastinating, you realise it's not actually that bad in you doing it. So there was some research done looking at sort of people's feelings towards, say, I think it was coursework or revision. And they were dreading it and they kept putting it off and putting it off. And then this task got bigger and bigger and bigger in the head. So they put it off more and more and more. And actually procrastination is for, it's your brain's way of protecting you because you, you, your head thinks that's too hard to do, that's difficult to do. I'm going to keep myself safe over here. So I'm going to procrastinate more. Um, and you end up in this circle of procrastination. But actually, if you actually go and do it, you, you go, oh, no. That wasn't that bad, actually. Um, We've just been talking then, um, Bruce and I, about sort of him and how he feels about it. And he has said that for him, it's like laziness is a bit like a, a disease that takes over him. If he doesn't go to the gym for two weeks he's his mental his mental health dips he starts feeling all negative emotions about sort of being unfit being lazy he physically starts feeling lethargic he starts to get a little bit more touchy than he normally is if he doesn't go and then he then starts you know putting it off because there's something else doing and something else to do and then when he finally goes back again he goes back into a really good cycle about going but for him it's like he's just described it really well about sort of the modern way when we live that it's always easy to put something off you know we we don't we probably don't get out as much as we should do physically outside in nature you know you don't have to go to the gym to do exercise you don't have to get a gym membership people are struggling you know with money you can you can do exercise at home you can do body weight stuff at home you can you know do press-ups you can do body weight squats there's so much I mean if you're listening to me now you've got access to the internet. And if you've got access to the internet, you've got access to YouTube. And if you've got access to YouTube, you've got access to people doing shit at home. Fully aware I sound like a Navy commercial doing that then. But you have got access to do stuff. It's the it's the want to do stuff, isn't it? So you need to find something that you want to do to get yourself going. <clears throat> so like for me and Bruce at the minute, we're doing kettlebells. And I'm, like I say, really enjoying that. That's actually different. It feels different. It looks different. Um, I have to use my brain a little bit too because I watch through the I watch I do the movements and I watch the videos of I do the movements going, where, where does my arm go? How am I doing this? What and I have to concentrate on my form. So actually in that hour in the gym, I'm only thinking about being there for that. And also we have kettlebells at home. Of course we've got kettlebells at home. Bruce has just brought a sandbag too. So the couple of times actually I've not been able to go the well, sorry. I have been able to go to the gym. I just didn't go to the gym because I will forever excuse me that day I didn't go. So I got the kettlebells in the baby's bedroom whilst he was in his cot and I did my kettlebell workout for my legs and I could do it. I could do four out of the five exercises because I didn't have a box to jump on, but I could do four out of the five. So, I, you know, I moved for 40 minutes and resistance training, any form of resistance training is so vital for your muscles and for women it's even more important because it actually helps you to it it helps your bones stay dense to stop you from getting osteoporosis because we have the joys of our hormones dipping as we get older and people get old and get frail so not get old because everyone gets old people get frail because they stop using what they've got that's a that's 
factually proven too. So if you if you don't do, you don't do basically. I think the um I can't remember off the top of my head, but when we used to do for, like in, in work when you had a patient in bed, if you had a patient in bed and they stayed in bed for three days, I think they lost something like 60 to 70 percent of their muscle function by being in bed because laying down in bed requires no effort whatsoever but even just getting someone out of bed and putting them in a chair and sitting in a chair engages the core you know you can sit in your chair and lift your legs up and down and do seated exercises to get your muscles going if you're not able to get up and walk around there are so many things to do but for whatever reason me you we're not doing them so as I've said there's loads of the the other thing as well to think about when it comes to exercise I know I've talked a lot about physical exercise but you can do exercise for your brain too so there's there's exercise for your mental health too so there's things such as um mindfulness now mindfulness is a skill in itself I might do a topic on that one day because to be mindful I've still not figured that one out yet. I try, I do try, but you end up going, ooh, over here. And I think when people think of mindfulness, they think of being, your brain's got to be totally silent. And I mean, I don't know what that's like. But the mindfulness is being present and being there. So journaling's good for your mental health, writing down, getting your train of thoughts out. Um, Grounding is good. And you can, (laughs) Bruce will laugh at me with this one because... (laughs) my crystals and all of that stuff but grounding is good and you can do grounding when you're outside walking in fresh air you don't actually have to take your shoes off to do that but basically grounding you can do a technique for grounding when you're out and about if you want to sort of be present in the moment is the five is there's five things so you um look for five things that you can see you find four things that you can touch you can listen for three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing to taste. Um, I mean, that requires probably taking some chocolate or something with you when you go for a walk, but it's a really good one to do, actually, that brings you back to where you are. And again, if we go back out to just outside and being walking and walking around, you, that actually counts as, um, it actually counts as your L-I-I-T, which is a low intensity training. So you've got HIT, which is your high intensity training, which is your, think of uh, CrossFit wankers and high rocks and stuff like that. That's like HIT. Um, an interval training, that's that. It's a mega sort of when you see them whipping the tops off when they're running around because you can't do CrossFit while you're dressed either. Um, then you've got your... You've got running, which is in there to get your heart rate up. Yoga and Pilates actually counts as um, resistance training because you're actually using your body weight for the resistance for the muscles. And then there's also the good old weights on top of that too. I say CrossFit wankers with a massive affection because I used to be a CrossFit wanker. We'll add that to the list of things I have tried and done and didn't complete because... there's a lot of those things. There's a, several shells behind me of hobbies that are that too. So while it's really good that Frank, the personal trainer, tells you, you need to do this and you need to do that and this needs to happen, I can imagine there are several people listening. It's probably about, it's probably about seven people. Several people listening going, yeah, but I don't, I don't look like you. I don't look like that. And I think sometimes when you 
think of a PT and you think of someone beating you, you think that you have to be super fit and muscly to do that. But I've actually noticed in our gym that some of our PTs don't look like that, do they? Some of our PTs look like normal folk, don't they? I mean, some of them are like ridiculous and they just seem to constantly train all the time when they're in there with the clients and everything. But some look like normal humans and I think that that's probably makes it more accessible. So if you see a normal looking human exercising, it makes you feel like you can do. So that's, you know, I go back to, I go back to walking because it's, it's a free one. Everyone has access to it. Even if you can't walk, you may be able to scooter around or whatever. But resistance training, you need to... So as you get over 30, you naturally is muscle mass. So as I've mentioned before... Muscle mass is really important to keep your bones strong and keep yourself healthy and keep yourself less frail. As a woman, you'll be pleased to know that um, because of your hormones, you're at increased risk of muscle loss on top of that. Um, and that can then obviously reduce your bone density and increase muscle loss. So that's, that was what I was talking about, the osteoporosis and bone fractures, which are not fun. So if the only thing you can do is a little bit of resistance then just do a little bit you can use um resistant bands you don't need to buy a shed ton of kettlebells or dumbbells and things you can get yourself a resistance band if you can't get to the gym because um it costs a lot of money or you can't get out your house but someone I was talking to it was Liz actually I was kind of going well I can do exercise at home and she was saying that's when she said I hate it why would I make my safe space the place I exercise and I thought Oh yeah, some people hate exercise. And then I thought, it's a bit like Marmite, isn't it, exercise? You do love it or you hate it, but you know, it is actually good for you. And I say that because Marmite's full of B vitamins and thiamine and it is actually technically good for you whether people think it tastes disgusting or not. I digress. Anyway, so as I've stated before, consistency is key and um, it's easy for me to sit there and say this. However, I am not consistent at the minute, so... To become pinker and start being better, and it's I, I like I say I enjoy it when I go, and even the people that don't enjoy it when they do it, they know it works for them. So for me, I need to become more consistent and more disciplined. I am extremely poor now. I don't have to think about anything else but myself about actually thinking about myself and doing those things. And I can imagine there are other people out there that feel this too, that they, it sounds it sounds really daft, doesn't it? Having, having mum guilt, having guilt, parent guilt, because I want to go and do an hour and a half in the gym or go for a walk or go out without a child near me. Feels, I feel really guilty and... I don't know. Do you, Bruce? Do you, do you, or do you use that time for yourself to make sure that you're actually present for when you need to? Sorry, he's in the middle of a battle. I don't know why I'm asking him. It's just, <laughs> he was concentrated on shooting people then. So I feel really guilty. If I leave you with the boys, especially if Magnus is kicking off when he's poorly, I feel extremely guilty about but it's And it's ridiculous because you are such a good parent. You can do it and you can deal with it and you... He doesn't kick off when I leave. He actually <laughs> behaves and enjoys himself when he's with you, doesn't he? But do you feel guilty if you go off and go and do your gym? Yes, I feel very guilty. Do you really? I feel really guilty because I hate going to work. Yeah. And then 
once you've been to work, that's your time to get the gym in. Yeah. But then I know you're at home with the baby who's potentially screaming or whatever he's doing. You could have a good day with him. You could have a bad day with him. I didn't realise that. I didn't think you... Oh, I feel... Ah, really I really guilty. You really? Get really dad guilt. Ah, I never knew if, that. If you don't go and you make excuses, you don't do it. Yeah, and then actually you're not you're not present then to be daddy now, if that makes sense. It, no. And then knock on it. So that moment of guilt about going is less than you feeling crappy for the next couple of weeks, isn't it? If that makes sense. So that, that makes sense then. So if you. If you if I you know I've been at home all day with the baby and he's had a crap day, you might take an hour to go to the gym, so that you're in the good place to come back to parent to allow me to go off and do my hour in the gym. Is that kind of what you mean? Yes. To do that way, because even though you feel guilty about going, you know yeah. you have to do it because I need space to do that too. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That's something I, I genuinely... I just thought you didn't mind going. <laughs> well, you learn something new every day, don't you? <laughs> but I, I... Yeah. And I think I need to... I need to be better at prioritising myself. And I'm sure there are other people out there too that listen and go, I feel that same thing. I, I, can't, I can't leave. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't... When actually we always, and we say it to the boys all the time, don't we? There's no such word as can't. You're making an excuse that you won't. <laughs> don't we say that to them, don't we? You can't, there's nothing you can't do. You can do it. You're just choosing not to, aren't you? You find every excuse not to do the work. Yeah, because the work's hard. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard going and lifting weights or going for a walk or... Going for a run, bloody hell, running's hard. I hate running. Well, I used to love it, but I'm no good at it because I'm a foot. Again, that I was good at it, and now I'm not. That bloody air bike's hard. That air bike's horrendous. Yeah, you're lighter because you. Well, yeah, you do, don't you? Again, yeah, I suppose it's a need to reframe my way of thinking in order to be able to build habits better and build discipline on top of it don't I that's what ultimately I think would work wouldn't it I think if I reframe the way I think about going so yes I feel guilty for going for an hour but actually it when I get back up there as a high priority yeah rather than a leisure thing it should be as common as putting on your face cream. Yeah. I do really it's well with that now. Good. Yeah, I do really well with that now. I've got my little ritual to do every morning and night. I've been doing that for weeks. So why don't I go to the gym like that? Mm, food for thought, Brucey. self care. Thank you. So there you go. Yeah, it's me. I didn't... Well... As you can probably tell, I didn't realise that, that I, I thought he didn't mind going to the gym and leaving me. <laughs> Not that he minds leaving no, me. No, I have massive guilt about leaving. I know that you, when you come in from work and things, it's been difficult when I've been at home with the baby and whatever, and you go out, because you go out before the boys are even up, don't you, to go to work when we've got the boys. You're out, so you're back home in time to pick them up, aren't you? That's the... Yeah, so what I would try and do is go to the gym before I get home. 
Yeah. Because if I get home and I see you're flustered, <laughs> then I don't want to go to the me? gym. Me? Flustered? I already don't want to go to the gym, but then that gives me an excuse to say, I don't have to go to the gym now because she's flustered, I want to help her, and I'll do the parenting while she goes and goes off. But then I end up thinking... But she's that flustered. <laughs> she can't be bothered going to the gym. <laughs> I'm so knackered. So we both use each other as an excuse. Because re- currently, let's be real, the reason you're currently in the office with me now doing this podcast is because I had a massive meltdown because the baby's been poorly for three days. You've been in work for the past three days. This is our first day off together without any children in six ten months. Yeah, six months because you were off. Well, no, we had a kid, didn't we? So it's been over ten months since we had a day off together without a, a small human present, whether the, the step, whether the Logan and Arlo or the, or the, the baby. We, this is our first day off. We had like plans to go to the gym and go for lunch and it's all just gone a bit to shit because the baby's been poorly, but he went nursery and they haven't rang, so we're assuming he's all right. But the, the reason you're in the office with me is because on the way to the gym, because we were like, let's go to the gym together. On the way to the gym... I had a massive meltdown in the car going, I just want to be normal. I just miss time with my husband. I just miss doing things. I just want to do something normal without children. And um, I just sat crying because I just, the, the one thing I thought we used to do before we had the baby was go to the gym together. That's what we did, wasn't it? And it was not, it's not like expensive because we've already got the membership but we had a massive meltdown he did a u-turn we came home <laughs> i offered to come and sit and do the podcast with me just in the background being a quiet voice and he's ended up making me have a bit of a a think and a bit of a realization instead of me just chatting shit into a microphone for what are we on 37 minutes now it's been nice to have that in the background even if he was just meant to be body doubling and not say anything it's been helpful so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the problem is now, Bruce is wonderfully smug, sat in the corner, because he's right again. <laughs> Which is a common occurrence. And he tells, the thing about Bruce is, he is my biggest, biggest supporter. And he is my biggest cheerleader. And he is also my hugest critic in exactly the same time. And he says the things out loud that are in my head that I don't want to say out loud, but he says them out loud. I have a bit of a paddy. And then I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's not, yeah, you're right. So, um, yeah, I need to do, I need to prioritise this as more self-care exercise and I'm I say that for me and I'm assuming I'm going to assume but assume it makes an ass of you with me but I'm going to suggest that if you don't exercise I'm going to ask you the question why don't you what are the reasons for you not exercising when the evidence is overwhelming that it improves your self-confidence your mental health it reduces anxiety it reduces the symptoms of depression when you it can stop you from getting osteoporosis it can stop you from getting frail it can help you live longer and stronger why aren't you doing it why isn't your health and well-being a priority why you would you not cook your tea would you not like have a shower and, and get washed? Would you not do those things for yourself? And I guess if if you 
if your answer is, well, of course I'd eat, of course I'd do that. Why don't you do exercise? And if you're not doing it, and if and you don't have to like go to the gym six, seven times a week. You don't have to go and go for a run three times a day. You know, Pilates, Pilates, Pilates. How <laughs> posh was I then? You don't have to do Pilates like every other day. If even if it's once a week that time for yourself to go to that aerobics class or to go swimming or to go to the aqua aerobics whatever that looks like it's it's once a week it's consistency it's showing up and you have that hour to yourself or that two hours I mean the minimum recommended time is to do 30 to 45 minutes a day of some form of exercise so I guess how could you do that how how could you do that within your life and how can you structure that so it becomes part of what you do and I guess that's my action for the week for people and for myself is the question is why am I not doing it what are the things holding me back what do I need to do to stop those things from holding me back and do I need to reframe what I'm thinking in order to achieve my goals. So food for some thought is that if you do suffer with depression or anxiety and you are on medication, the medication is there to distribute what you have. And I might be doing a complete disservice, but the idea is the medication is there to distribute what you have serotonin wise in your brain to make you either feel something or plug your feeling at that so I know when I've been on antidepressants in the past I just I didn't I didn't feel happy I didn't feel sad I just was like there didn't feel and I started to exercise whilst on my tablets and I started to feel something and that comes from the evidence and the research that exercise does help produce serotonin and depression is I mean there's lots of things it's a chemical imbalance but it is a lack of serotonin and anxiety can be you know we've talked about it before haven't we with anxiety become be reduced by exercise because you've got your brain having blood flow around it better so whilst you may need and I'm not I'm not saying you don't, but whilst you may need tablets to help support your mental health and you need talking therapies and all the things that come with having um, mental health conditions, and even if you've not, exercise can be so beneficial to making yourself feel better and have some self-confidence in yourself and have that ability to get up and go. It can stop you from feeling lethargic. It can stop you feeling groggy because you've got things flowing and going. And I think that's probably where I'm going to leave it um, for this week. So I thank you for listening. It's been... uh, Thank you, Bruce, for being my live studio audience slash random guest in the corner. It's been really useful for me to talk about this and I did have a structure to it to talk about sort of exercise what it was and it's it's took a bit of a turn because in a good way because I wasn't kind of expecting those things to come out but it's been it's been helpful for me I hope that hearing 
about it has been helpful for you. As always, open to comments, suggestions, any topics anyone would like to talk about. Um, Next week, I am aiming to have a guest, an actual guest on. Um, Not Bruce, unfortunately, for those people that have enjoyed his company in the corner playing Fortnite. Um, It's um, my wonderful friend Liz is due to be on the podcast as she's lost her pink a few times and found it again so we're going to be talking about that so thank you very much for joining if you could like and subscribe and rate it that helps apparently with all these things so thank you again for listening and have a wonderful week <laughs>